Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Uh, we currently in a sermon series called The Greatest Story Ever. I want you to think a little bit back and ponder about a moment in your life that stood out for you as a child. Something that your parent did or that you picked up on that impacted you about who you are and the appreciation that you have for who you are. So it's going to give you a moment. And before I do, before we're getting into that, I want to read for us a scripture, today's scripture. And as I said, we're speaking about the greatest story ever. And the topic today is creation. And uh, so you know where my scripture is going to come from. It's from Genesis 1, verse 1 to 7. I'm not going to read the whole creation story. I believe that you are very familiar with it. So I'm just going to read the first seven verses. And it reads from the ESV, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from waters. And God made the expanse and separate the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so, I remember a story, as I prepared this, a picture came to mind. As a young child, I was very fond of my grandmother. She stayed with us, and uh, she actually, we, we grew up with my grand grandmother. She stayed in our house, and uh, she, I was very fond of her. And I, know, I remember a time when my mom was very sick. And uh, my grandmother would take me wherever she went. She would take me to work. She would go take me to visit her friends. And I'm always off with my grandmother. And I can still remember the costume that she had. It was an old colt, a red colt. And I remember that time seatbelts was not a thing. <laughs> As a young child, I was laying on the dashboard and talking to my grandma as we're driving to her friend's place. And we drove through this, uh, like a wilderness area. It was quite uninhabited. So it, it was, was quite wild. And as we drove past this, and, and I don't know till to this day where this thought came from, but I lean over to my grandma and I says, Grandma! My dad have hunted lions there. 
my grandmother mother burst out in laughter. I don't know where I got that story. But you know what? What did that story tell me? Was that my dad was the best. He was the greatest. He was the best that I knew. And I could see the courage in his face. I knew him when I grew up. I could see the courage of my dad that he can take on a lion. I knew that my dad was the bravest I know. He was my hero. He was my hero till the day he died. My dad died at the age of 65. Most of his life, most of his adult life, he had 15% vision in the one eye, and the other was a glass eye. And never ever have I seen my dad complain. Never ever did I see him make an excuse why he could not provide for his family. Never ever have I seen him back down from a challenge. And he was my hero till the day that he died, and he's still my hero. And I'm grateful for my dad. Because what he imparted into my life has deeply, profoundly impacted me as an adult. My dad was the bravest. He was the best. And when we read the creation story, and we read from, from Genesis, do we see God as the best, the greatest, the most miraculous, the most awesome person? And today, I, I, I'm so sorry about my slides, but I messed it up. I submitted my slides behind deadline, and that's a... It's my error that I don't have slides for you, but I'm going to do my best to highlight my points for you. And my first point is, is when we look at the story of creation, we look at the person, the creator, the author. Because creation speaks more about the author than about his creation. The story about creation is more about the author. My dad has amazed me how he raised five children, how he managed a farm, how he did what he did with his disability. How much more is in our God who has created this earth and everything that we see from nothing with no disability? The Genesis creation story goes on, and I'm just going to highlight it for you. We read from verse 3 to 31, the creation story continues with day one where God created light and separated the light from the darkness, and God says it was good. Day two, he separated the waters from the waters and formed the sky and land, and he says it was good. He separated then on day three, the land from the water. And he says it was good. And we see that bonus act of where he created vegetation as well on the land. And he says it was good. <laughs> oh man, this is the most powerful thing for me. But on day four, he created the moon, the stars, and the sun. And he created seasons. And he says it was good. 
Whew, and it gets all better and better. On day five, all living creatures in the sea, fish and birds, all according to its kind. And God says, it is good. And then day six, it builds up to, an ex- to the grand finale. And it says, all living creatures on land and animals according to its kind, God has created on that day. And he says it was good. But then there's this bonus act of God. God created man in his image, in his likeness. And he says, it is very good. Steward. You are made very good. John, you are made very good. God created man very good. And then in Genesis 2, we pick up day 7, God rested from his work. Now, if we look at the creation story, there's a certain pattern that occurs in every day. It starts off with God said, let there be. And it was so. Also, the pattern that we see is, and God saw it was good. Right through creation, we see the story repeatedly coming forth that God said, let it be, and it was so. And God saw it was good. What does that say about the offer? What does this say about the offer of creation? I love how Paul puts it in Romans 1, verse 18 to 20. And all my scriptures is coming from the ESV. He says, From the wrath of God, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by the unrighteousness suppresses the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible, his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that has been made, so they are without excuse. What does the creation story say about God? It talks about his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power. Power. Creation speaks of a God who has eternal power. It was not just for a moment for creation. He is powerful. It is like I have, when I spoke to my grandmother, I said, my dad is the strongest. He can face a lion. When we look at creation, creation cries out, God, you are magnificent. You are powerful. No one can do what you can do. It speaks about God can do the impossible by just speaking things into being. Oh my goodness. Imagine the heat of the sun, the stars, the moon, and he just calls it into being. Just speaks it into being. What is your life challenges towards that in comparison to that? Do you think God can do the impossible for you? Do you, when you look at creation, creation saying, God, 
My situation can be changed because you are a powerful God who can speak things in being. And no matter what my circumstances is, oh God, you have the power to change it. <laughs> Look at creation. It speaks about his eternal power. Because he said, every time we see this repeat, that God said, and the response is, it was so. There's not one verse that says that God spoke and it didn't happen. Every time he spoke, it happened. It came into being. It means everything is submitted to him. Everything is breath from the breath of God. Came to existence through his breath. And it says it was so. Oh my goodness. I love what Paul says. He says, the other, he says it's, it's the attributes, namely the eternal power and divine nature of God. What does the creation story tell us about the divine nature of God? Every time he created something, he says it was good. It was good. It was good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Oh. <laughs> and he says he created animals and birds and fish to their likeness. He created the beasts of the field to their likeness. But then he gets to man and he says he created them in his image to his likeness. Wow. <laughs> to his likeness. God created you to be good. God created you to his likeness and therefore you can be good. Because your likeness is when he has created you in his image, it's because you are created to be good. I had a, a business of making furniture, office furniture, and I made a lot of furniture. I had the privilege to make furniture for Sarah Ramaphosa as well. Um, but you know what my furniture spoke about? It was a certain signature to my furniture that even today, if Natasha and myself will walk into a doctor's office or to a, into an office and I see furniture, I could say to her, that's my furniture. Because there's a certain trait of what I made. I know exactly what I wanted. And I have imparted it into that product. So that when I see it, I recognize it, John. Yomi, <laughs> when God looks at you, he sees himself in you. He recognizes his fingerprints in your life. When he looks at you, he can see that he has made you good. And I had a lot of proud about the products that I've made. I took a lot of joy and pride in it. That I, that was my best that I put on display. And God has put his best on display. What is the creation story tells us about God? What is the creation story tells us about the person of God? About the author? He tells us that he is most powerful. That nothing is impossible for him. And man, he is good. He is good. He is good. He is good. And he has created his creation to be good. 
Because that is who he is. After his likeness. What does the creation story tells us even more? And most impactful for me, the creation story is telling us about a powerful act of God. It speaks about the act of creation. You know, when I read Genesis 1, I think when it says that, and God says, let there be light, and there was light, and it was good. Have you ever tried to separate light and, and, and darkness from one another? It's impossible. But God does that. God does separate darkness from light. And this made me think when I was preparing and I thought about the power of creation of just that act of light and darkness to be separated by God. This most powerful Remind me of another verse that I read in John, John 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were create, made through Him, and without Him was anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shine in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It is fascinating for me that John starts off with this in the beginning, and it's almost like he had went and grabbed his thoughts from Genesis 1, and he starts to unpack that Jesus was there in the beginning, and he brought light and life to men. When he created us, he brought light and life to us. And this darkness thing is in my mind, and it's, I'm pondering about it because there's other places in the Bible where we see the darkness seems to want to be ruling. And we find one in, in not far, a few pages on, in Exodus, we find where Pharaoh hardens his heart toward God, where God says, go and... Let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no. And then the ninth plague. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness to be felt. A darkness to be felt. A darkness to be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand towards heaven, and there was pitch darkness in all the land of Egypt, three days, they did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from its place for three days. But all the people of Israel had light where they were. Now, when I read and I start reading Genesis and, and the Spirit of God was hovering over darkness, <laughs> you almost find that intensity with this darkness that everything was without form, was void. And it seems the same darkness is experienced here in Genesis almost, where they, that it could be felt. It was always so thick that you could cut it with a bread knife. And the thickness of this darkness who made people not even be able to stand up from where they sit. 
They could not see their hands before their eyes. Now think about it a little bit for a moment. What did the breastfeeding mother do? What about the sick and the elderly? How did they care for them? Imagine just for a moment that darkness that consumes you, that you can feel it. How must that feel? The loneliness that you don't know why, where your loved ones is. That desperation comes upon you. You don't know the future. You can't see before you. Just imagine the anxiety and that darkness that you had to feel. And then we find the second occasion where darkness appeared upon the earth. And that is when Jesus was crucified. At noon, at day, darkness came upon the earth and it ruled till the ninth hour. The twelfth hour, sorry. And just after that, Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It seems that there's a darkness that God came to split. Not just in the physically, but also in man's life. A darkness, what, what, what meant the forsakenness of God. That there was a darkness that can cause depression and illness and loneliness that only God can do. That only He can bring light. The fact is, how do we see this creation moment? When God created light and life. And John says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. <laughs> this is another scripture that just touched my heart every time I read it. It says, the eye of the lamp of, is the lamp of the body. So if, you are, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? <laughs> sure. You know, every time we're looking at creation, this is the most beautiful story ever. Every time we look at creation, we know God has created light. And the eyes, what we behold, how we look at creation, brings light into our lives. That we recognize Him as the Creator, the Maker of everything, the Creator of light. That's the power of creation, that God has brought light and life in our lives. Oh, and every time I read this, I'm getting very excited. What do you behold when you look at creation? What do you behold when you look at creation? When you wake up in the morning and you see the sun shine, what do you behold? Do you think you're entitled that God was supposed to do this? Or do you see it as a gift? Do you see it as a blessing from God?
My third point is the grand finale, the purpose of creation. The purpose of creation. <laughs> if, if, uh, Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 7, Paul writes this. He says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons for Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in his beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. What is the purpose of creation? That we should be holy and blameless before God. <laughs> I've watched this movie. I, I don't know if you had the privilege to watch it. It's, uh, it's called Skin. About a young girl, Sarah Lane, is mark, markedly different from her parents. The movie was cast in 2008 or released in 2008. Sandra Lane was born in 1950s in South Africa during the height of apartheid. Sandra, who looked like a light-skinned black girl, has been confirmed as the biological daughter of her mother and her father, who are both white. But in her racial divided homeland, where the government does not know how to identify her, she faced racism at school and struggles to be accepted and understood by her own family. Finally, at the age of 16, Sarah Lane eloped to Swaziland with Peter Swane a black South African who spoke Zulu. She was jailed for three months for illegal border crossing. Her father threatened to kill her for the marriage and broke off contact with her. They never met again. Sarah Lane made me think a little bit about us. Yeah, she was definitely dealt not a great card. But her rebellion made her to run away. In many respects, we are like Sarah Lane. We run off to a different country. We married another. And we expected God to treat us like Sarah Lane was being treated by her dad, disowned. But you know what the creation story tells us? It tells us that God put his name to this. He did not deny when the Bible was written to say, this is not my creation, I don't want anything to do with it. It's a mess. No, he says, this is my creation. I make it. And God has not given up on us. He has not forsaken us. He has not disowned us. How do I know this? How do I know this? 
For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, with thrones or dominions or rulers or authority. All things were created through him and for him. When God created the heavens and the earth, how you think for one moment he didn't thought when he spoke trees into being that he knows a rebellion human kind, a, a human a humanity will take trees and make a cross out of it and crucify him on it? Then you think when he was created the earth, when he splitted the waters and from the earth, that he didn't think for one moment that man will dig a grave to bury him in? When he created the rocks and the stones, didn't you think for one moment he didn't think that humankind will take that iron from the rocks and create spears and nails from it to crucify him against the cross? And yet he made us. And yet he believed in us. And yet he loves us enough to say, this is my creation. Wow. What is then the grand finale? What is the great purpose of creation? It's to glorify Him because He's magnificent and of great beauty. Because we expect to be treated like Sarah Lane's dad treated her. But instead, He treats us with kindness, love, and mercy. And he used his creation to do that. Enclosure. The creation story speaks about a powerful God. The creation story speaks about a great act of power. That he is magnificent and powerful. The creation story speaks about a loving God who will not let his creation to its own, but he will send his son to fight for it and to bring it to redemption. I cannot but to think about a wedding cake. It's one of those most beautiful moments at a wedding is when the wedding cake has been cut. But we not always see the preparation that goes into making this cake. The cake maker starts with a mix and he mixes some ingredients and then he starts to bake this cake and he builds foundation upon foundation about foundation and he takes some great care and, and how we decorate this cake with icing and with the, with the most beautiful decorations. And he puts it all together. And you stand back and you think to yourself, oh my word, this is incredible. But then he goes... And he puts the bride and the groom on top of the cake. God created everything and he puts it together nicely like this cake. And then he goes and he takes human and he puts it on top and he says, this is the crown of my creation. For a grand event. And all of creation is crying out for it. It says, for the creation waits 
with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in, in hope. That the creation itself will be set free from the bondage of corruption, obtained the freedom of glory of the children of God. For now, for we know, sorry, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves. We have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoptions of, adoptions of the sons, the redemption of our bodies. Oh my goodness. Paul says, Maranatha. 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 Jesus come. Jesus come. Because all of creation was created for him. And through him. And by him. For this grand moment when he will arrive. And he will take his bride that is prepared for him. Because this was the greatest wedding feast ever. And the creation is created for that moment when God will return and take his bride to be with him. And all of creation shout this out. All of creation pronounces this and shout out and says, Jesus, return. 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 Maranatha. 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 Can we stand as we close? Are you prepared for that great wedding day? Have you got expectation in your heart? A longing, a burden that shouts out Maranatha, Maranatha. Jesus, come back. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to look upon his face. Because creation shouts out, you magnificent, oh God. You most powerful. Are you prepared when the bride is coming, the groom is coming? Isaiah 54 verse 5. For your maker is your husband. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. Jesus, we are so grateful creation we're so grateful God that you have made us 
Jesus, we know that there's a day in suspense. There's, 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 a, there's an epic of creation that's coming when you will return. And Jesus, we want to be ready for you. We want to be ready for that moment, oh God, when we saw the heaven splits and the brightness of the sun becomes like a hairy sack. And when the moon turns in like blood in front of your brightness and your holiness, oh God. Because nothing compares to you. Nothing compares to your greatness and magnificence, oh God. Oh Lord, teach us today that that will be what we behold. That we will look at, oh God. That we will behold and see your goodness. That we will see your kindness towards us, O Lord. And Father, that we didn't suffer the same fate as Sarah Lane, that never had the opportunity to make right with her dad, or her dad to make right with her. But God, you have given us multiple opportunities. You came to make right. You came so that we can be in right standing with you today. And therefore we are grateful for the power of creation. We're grateful for your kindness towards us. We are grateful, Father, that we know that this will end up in the greatest feast we will ever know. We thank you, Jesus. I pray, bless us. Let your word change us, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you, Lord.